for me building a space should be a transcendental one it shouldn't be a mundane existence because we are here for a short period of time so if you are not spending our time in a beautiful beautiful space like how steve jobs say then it's worthless so i want to make wonderful wonderful works functional works with uh discarded materials with scrap materials or mud because there is more beauty in it more beauty understanding the natural nature of it you're about to enter the akyan podcast yan podcast india's first and very own architecture podcast where you'll hear the insights experiences and journeys from india's leading architects no matter what your skill level is together we'll build on our knowledge and share architecture's greatest stories ever told now here's your host manish paul simon Hey guys, welcome back to the Akyan podcast. I'm super stoked to share this episode with you guys because we have this eminent sustainable architect from India, Vinu Daniel. Vinu sir is the founder of Wallmakers and they're based out of Kerala. And Wallmakers have been constructing all their buildings out of sustainable earth materials ever since 2007. It's needless to say that they've gone on to win lot of awards and accolades. and they've been published widely on arc daily dazin and various other numerous media publications in this episode you will get to listen to vinu sir's journey in architecture and design right from sharja to the college of engineering trivandrum to going to oroville to meeting lori baker to starting his firm wallmakers and then we dwell into certain topics like dealing with your clients especially if you're building with mud how the site can be the solution to your design and why it's important to focus on what is not built than what is actually built maintenance in mud earth buildings the big divide between us architects and what happens on site and the masons how more architects and students could adopt this technology of building with sustainable earth materials and scrap he also shares great anecdotes on doing architectural education and also doing masters in architecture towards the end we have this quick fire round but it's slightly different because we have a students asking questions and it was definitely a very interactive and fun session so for more on the episode you can head to akyan.com/slash 26 now before i head to the episode it would be great if you guys could support our show you can support our show by going to akyan.com/slash patreon patreon is a website where you get to support creatives or people who are working on certain projects like how i'm working on darkyan podcast even supporting us with 1 dollar goes a long way in helping us keep publishing episodes every week and inspiring you guys to become better architects designers and making a positive change in the world now without further ado this is journey of a sustainable architect in india with vinu daniel let's go I I didn't want to do architecture. In fact, uh, I didn't know about architecture. Uh, I wanted to uh, be a musician when I graduated from 12th standard. Uh, but typically parents wouldn't allow for such a career. Uh, it was not even deemed as a career. So in my bid to uh, you know just get into some engineering platform while doing my music seriously, 
i i got good ranks in entrance and i saw something like architecture means something about drawing you know that was all i knew about it and i wrote an aptitude test and the aptitude test also was about jigsaw puzzles and many many other things not entirely related about architecture so the test was easy so i got admission into college of engineering trivandrum and uh, very near to it around 5 miles away from it was dr omanukutti teacher who was a renowned musician carnatic musician at that time so i kind of joined both the places so during the day time i would go for architecture and post afternoon i would return back for music classes and i i hope that i would drop architecture by third year or something you know because i was not doing well third year or something i will drop it and i will get fully into music because my teacher was planning big things but it 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 became vice versa <laughs> i dropped music and got into <laughs> architecture <laughs> and uh, on reminiscing i think that was a good decision right um, one can't say i'm still you know doing my part in architecture we do so uh, definitely it is something which i really love and i'm passionate in doing and it has a lot of impact on the environment yeah absolutely the way you practice do you feel that you have indebted to your college and what it has taught you how was the experience studying in ceo actually most of the time i am very indebted to college because they gave me a hard time <laughs> so whenever i client gives me a hard time it is not you know uh, i can only compare it to what i had in college but the best part of being in college was that i was in the vicinity of a master architect lori becker right and uh, many of his works and and his working style influenced us uh, as a group in the college so this was definitely a positive for me during my initial years at least right so it is not actually the course or anything but it is your meet with lori baker which put you on a path which helped you practice what you're doing right now right yes around somewhere around fourth year um, the course as you, as anybody who has done architecture I mean like it's pretty clear that the course is a is about 2d course you know and hmm. we are doing 3d building means it is a three dimensional space so the entire course revolves around how much 2d works you can complete so definitely it is an incomplete course uh, but the best part was during fourth year there was a competition it was a nasa competition uh, national association of student architects competition and during that time the best part was uh, we had to document a lori becker building and that was pallukodam by lori baker and it fascinated me it changed my uh, my perception of how to build spaces and seeing the man himself and getting wisdom from himself him was was a great great you know change i mean like overnight i my think i i changed my entire perception of this career right. and i decided to stay on pursue it post that when did you decide uh, to start off on your own life actually there was no decision as such uh, post architecture my father passed away during my last thesis and uh, one of my professors shaji tl to whom i owe a lot he came to me and said <laughs> in a in a simple manner that you there is uh, nobody is expecting anything from you at this point of time 
whether you are successful whether you are unsuccessful nobody is you know uh, nobody is depending on you because my family members were kind of busy dealing with my father's you know business and other things so this professor knew that so he said why not try something experimental go to oroville and learn about brick making and right. you know go on your own path uh, let's see where you reach anyway you don't have to you know earn money at this point of time so just try uh, doing different things uh, that was one of the best advice i ever got okay so that led you to a path to go to oroville and then you know, practice yeah, be- that for your because i was simply uh, fooling around in trivandrum and my teachers actually called me this professor shaji sir and uh, eugene bandala who is also a famous architect in kerala and uh, india he does a lot of uh, dope work eugene bandala so both of them were there during my thesis okay. they called me up to the office and uh, told me that you know like i should leave immediately to oroville you know do not stay even for a second with this you know like whatever mm-hmm. uh, uh, general practices happening you just go there and learn don't stay anywhere near to your hometown or anything that was what they told me so i left <clears throat> and i was under the guidance of satpray maini there are these many courses regarding earth block making and everything right, right. and uh, that that was a again game changer for me i fell in love with mud blocks immediately it was like i was waiting to see it so you were like literally working on site uh, making the mud blocks how was your experience on well, like general there uh, i think there was a shortage at that time for uh, junior architects so a typical day of mine started early and uh, i had to be there at the block making process to make sure that the blocks are of certain certain size and strength you know the supervisor has to make sure <clears throat> and one advantage i had at that time was that i was very cordial with the local tamilians i was always i was i was very cordial with them and i was one of them so you them. knew tamil and all that yeah. uh, kind of it was fascinating to know tamil <clears throat> and uh, we kind of worked together so around afternoon i would leave for the site because i had to make sure that the attendance is taken care of so i would be leaving for the site and handing over the plans for execution so that mean that mean that meant i had to travel a bit towards a certain point in oroville and then i interacted with the people who were doing the brick masonry and uh, by evening i would return back and there would be some visitors to oroville earth institute so i would give them a guided tour about what oroville is what oroville oh, yeah. it is so, so it was and then i used to draft in the night oh okay yeah do the drawings in the night because the next day my boss would scream at me otherwise okay okay nice so it was a mix of both drawings and uh, yeah, yeah yeah it was everything okay and then after oroville uh, could you tell us about your first project which you mentioned uh, in the last session as well my grandmother passed away after one almost around 8 to 10 months in oroville i was working like strenuously in oroville i was working on a putukupam nataraja temple so somewhere around that period my grandma passed away and i had to attend her funeral back in kerala and uh, my brother in law asked me like what are you doing recently so i told him about the mud bricks and everything and he was very fascinated by it so he told me that uh, let's start a you can start a house for me i wanted to build a house and i was like yeah 
we got it so i bought a machine i brought tamil masons from that part but then uh, like any typical indian crowd like suddenly rumors started spreading that this is mud block when we are touching that just that just ward off and stuff like that you know i was naive enough to understand the complexities of starting a architecture in kerala so finally one day my brother law after me making around 12000 14000 bricks for the entire building he called up and told me that we know we have to cancel the project at least we cannot do with mud blocks though i was very offended at first uh, and uh, because i promised job to around 12 tamil people masons and helpers that i will be taking care of them for at least one or two years and they just came for around 2 3 months so i decided that i will do the compound wall instead okay further recruitments were needed and i didn't have to anywhere uh, anyhow become an architect for doing a compound wall there were no more drawings necessary so i kind of incorporated my brother and his friends and whoever were there who 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 were jobless at that particular point of time and because i was the big brother they had no other choice so all of them became labor for me including myself <laughs> so morning we will get out of the home in very good fashionable dress and at the side we will wear workers uniform and start saving the soil so this was how we started great so compound wall is like the very first project yeah compound wall actually gave us our title or name our firm's name is wall makers that happened because uh, when we were doing compound wall suddenly compound wall became a hit you know <laughs> because we were incorporating beer bottles and mud okay, bricks okay. and everything because we had all the time because we just lost our main project so we had a lot of time to do some nice masonry so at that time what happened is uh, i think one one client came i was not there at that time and he was talking about a big project uh, he was talking about two acre campus and everything and then finally he blurted out we want two acre compound wall from you guys <laughs> so at that time uh, my brother got very offended and said you know, so then he asked whether you guys will do some buildings so my brother got very offended and he said no 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 we won't do buildings we only do walls we are wall makers okay <laughs> so that is how the name came okay but uh, how about you know when someone is starting off generally money is a big uh, factor right so how did you manage uh, uh, your expenses or even your lifestyle during that time i was an overnight pauper i i was somebody who who lived the life of a prince i was one of the richest guys in during my graduation <laughs> okay. and uh, on the graduation party i became one of the poorest so overnight i became a pauper so and uh, uh, during my oral times i actually uh, was staying with a very good friend of mine he is a gurukul of mine kalari gurukul his name is manish and he was a guy who was poor all his life so somebody who became overnight pauper overnight poor doesn't really understand what being poor means and somebody who has been always poor in his life doesn't really understand what poor means so we both gel together well so somewhere in oroville uh, suddenly from having uh, hot steaming sauna or you know like having great shower it changed to tap water on the road uh, but this doesn't affected this didn't affect me uh, so i was in some sense poor the second i left oroville suddenly all my situations changed and i was actually not exactly how to say 
aware of it in some sense you know mm-hmm. i wasn't thinking that this is going to be a continuous <laughs> scenario or i never thought of it as a continuous scenario i never thought of myself as poor and my friends around were always you know somebody who were who were like even when we were like really struggling for money uh, my gurukul manish would uh, you know he was this ayurvedic uh, treatment guru hmm. so he would do some foreigner ayurvedic treatment and get 500 rupees and that day itself we'll spend it you know oh. in the biggest restaurant biggest party <laughs> or whatever it is we used to spend it so we never lived the life of a poor guy even today we always lived the life of a of a rich guy though we were never you know uh, financially you know just uh, you know sufficient so it never bothered me and uh, all i think i think the new generation is very much worried about their finances correct in fact they shouldn't because their parents have earned something whether you are son of a farmer whether you are son of an industrialist no kids in these times are ever felt that they need something or are ever not fed whatever they don't want even their luxury needs are met even the son of a farmer you can find him with a app iphone mm. so i don't think any of this generation actually need to be bothered about how much money they get because at the end of the day they will not be a refuse food at home no, yeah, no matter how jobless you are you know you see our generation we are not refuse food at home no we are not just thrown <laughs> yeah. out of home you know so as long as you get food and water from home you are self sufficient so i don't i don't understand that factor you know like how we like keep financially up and stuff like that we we can borrow you know for some time you know those kind of things are there so i, I never thought that was an issue but the more pressing issue was I came from a scenario where concrete jungles were made. I was born and brought up in Dubai. Correct. So I know exactly where we are heading to. We are heading to a waterless, lifeless situation if we continue building like this. So for me to showcase a different attitude was more important than whether I get food in the table or not. And I didn't have to worry about even food in the table because definitely there are, there are families which make food every day. no it's not like you will have to starve to death or anything none of us has nobody who has entered the architectural profession will starve to death because definitely they come from good backgrounds whether you are broke or not you will get rice and you know curd so what advice would you say to someone who is already sufficient uh-huh. and has that mindset of making money i i can understand a bit of it because uh, when i was a kid uh, my father was an industrialist and uh, we actually i was dropped in school in mercedes and we were that rich and today when i am not really into that scenario i can understand that a person being fond of mercedes or being fond of those those kind of luxury living i can understand that they are getting fond of it but to me it is not really important because all i check is whether the ac turner has changed in mercedes so recently i saw a mercedes and mm-hmm. i was flipping the ac switch because it's the same switch since 1980s so that is a memory for me you know more than you know like driving the mercedes car it was just a memory for me so i'm not really turned on by saying okay you will have to earn a mercedes car i i i spent my childhood in it uh, my fetish with it is over for me more important is that 
is that at any point of time i should feel comfortable i should feel lively for me building a space should be a transcendental one it shouldn't be a mundane existence because we are here for a short period of time so if you are not spending our time in a beautiful beautiful space like how steve jobs say then it's worthless so i want to make wonderful wonderful works functional works with uh, discarded materials with scrap materials or mud because there is more beauty in it more beauty understanding the natural nature of it so how did you get the breakthrough i mean you're a guy who works with all these scrap materials how did you get a client who could give you this project where he's okay with someone who wants to build his house with mud and uh, scrap and i think i cheated i didn't exactly say what i was going to do i would say i need to do it and then finally one day voila it's there okay <laughs> you know, so the client cannot do much about it you know <laughs> so that is pretty much how i did, did so it so this project the hiha residence or was there any other project mm, prior to this like almost all projects but nowadays clients know that i come up with this kind of thing so they are kind of ready for it or they want it but initially it was something like that it initially it was like uh, you know what are we getting we know how is this coming this part is coming so i would say uh, you know like uh, in the church and all they didn't know what was coming in the central portion mahaposh yeah. portion and they were kind of freaked out so i said acha something amazing will come hmm. don't worry <laughs> thankfully uh, i didn't really uh, you know disappoint anybody in that Picture. Right. even though i work with scrap i still made sure that it is a functional it's a beautiful piece of thing you can spend hours looking at so that's what it really wants no and uh, what about post construction uh, mm. so your most of the buildings is made out of mud mm. uh, how long does the project stay and uh, how long do you have to maintain it is there any maintenance there are uh, something like uh, basically mud buildings means there is not much of that kind of maintenance it is just that you know like uh, certain certain areas because i am trying to build uh, like a like a contemporary fashion you know okay. so it doesn't follow exactly the traditional norms of coverage and stuff like that right. so, and uh, my glass windows are actually quite huge because many a time you get a pictures place i want to give glass right so through the glass and all you know like maybe sometimes you know like rain will come in and small small notions are there but those most of the clients are accepting towards such a this thing initially clients were kind of a you know they were a conventional sort of clients but right now i'm finding them very very you know uh, approachable in that sense so it's a fusion of contemporary and also uh, earth you i don't know what to say about it so i think it's better to leave it at that okay great Could you explain more about the Hiha project? It's been published in a lot of magazines and websites. Um, how did the whole process begin? Uh, where was the design conceptualized, and how did it start? Like I told you, I never thought that I would get a building properly. So I thought I would end up my life doing common walls and flower pots. Um, so every building for me is a bonus. i am not really worried about my career or stuff like that everything is a bonus one fine day if i had to stop i will stop so the first question that bothers me is why should i do a project whether it is iha whether it is chirat any of these projects uh, my first thought process is that why should i do it 
you know how will i contribute something that another guy doesn't contribute so in this particular case i saw that it was a low lying area and a general trend by architects or any builder is that they will just fill up the low lying area and you know build something over it so that is where i thought yeah i can contribute something by not filling up that area and allowing it to sustain as a low lying you know water locked area because anyway the foundation has to go deep so i told them we can hang our facade and literally allow the land to lay like that with a very small footprint and allow the creatures of this water locked area to survive without interfering in your daily activities we can have mosquito mesh and all those things this work with the client and that is the basic concept of iha is that it was a low lying area water stagnating area and we still have it as a low lying water stagnated area and the entire building whatever an architect can think of is coming above it and making sure that both of them can live uh, you know in a symbiotic relationship you know right. because the very often we come kind of complain about the creatures of the down like snakes and crawlies and all as you know like negative this thing while we always talk about a rodent increase so basically what these creatures do is they kind of bring down this rodent population and infective pests mm-hmm. so definitely there is an ecosystem under iha itself there is a pond there are frogs there are so many so many beautiful things that a kid can see and learn so iha is that and above it it's a bamboo facade yeah that's that parametric facade which you yeah, uh, yeah. made on those are all the 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 next part of it only you know yeah. like the biggest part is what i didn't build what i built is something anybody can achieve it's not something uh, somebody can't achieve because i have been a skilled craftsman there are definitely and i have been seeing a lot of parametric things so i thought okay i will do my own parametric and i needed that thing because bamboo the bamboo facade was also becoming a staircase right because i wanted to show that bamboo can take a lot of load right right so we are skilled in that sense like 10 12 years in the ground means we are skilled if we are not skilled by this time there, there is some fault on in us so the what i didn't build is what i'm more proud of in iha than what i have built right and uh, you have this habit of being on the site all the time right uh and otherwise things will go everywhere <laughs> at the site yeah because uh, see we go prepared with drawings at the site uh, but the material always will refuse most of the time okay okay uh, the mat- like even though you know brick still you make a drawing and go and you will see that the brick doesn't want that so it's a constant trial and error with the materials as well no no what happens is suddenly you understand that this is this is not exactly what the brick wants you don't want to force any material whether it is steel brick bamboo you don't want to force it you know you want to uh have its own you know like way of flowing you know certain certain things you feel that you, it's an intuitive thing so definitely what you had as an intuition was wrong <laughs> when you made the drawings and when you are at the site you suddenly understand that the scenario is quite different from what you have what you have you know assumed because every experimental idea has that you know part where it can fail so definitely when it fails you have to be there at the site to 
actually more than the solution you have to be there at the side because most of my workers have grown with me literally they actually can make the solution themselves but they just need somebody like to say ah it's okay guide you know? them yeah you broke five bamboos it's fine break the rest 50 also it's fine now somebody to just say that give them that consent because i feel like construction has become a very rigid uh, you know scenario where you know like you give the drawing and if the mason goes a bit beyond your instructions you fire him or you know like you are screaming at the shop contractor and stuff like that my scenario is not like that sometimes the architect the the junior architect at the site or the mason at the site can make a change they can tell you know see i have done this and it is my job to make sure that they are also developing with the material so sometimes it is constant sometimes i say no no we have to break it up again so you have a co- constant bond with uh, the people you work with yeah that is one of the main things that i am proud of i have a constant bond with them i think that's a there's a big divide between the architects these days right the guys who work in the office and then what's happening on site yeah i see a lot of architects blaming the masons or the contractors after the job is done yeah which is a really bad thing to do if you are the captain of the ship you should be responsible for every screw in the ship so i feel that architect should definitely be a bit more uh, circumstantial they should go to the site they should understand what they are building and they should inspire the mason inspire the helper also to tell him you know this mud mix has a certain problem only if you are there at the site you can tell him why he is working there beyond the money reason why his work is valuable only the architect can give him that that certificate isn't it because uh, otherwise it just becomes a money transaction money transaction never really gives you a satisfactory product because the guy who built your walls should really love building it otherwise it is it, it just becomes you know, like i i built 250 square feet give me the money i don't want that of course we give the money we value them as artists and we make sure that you know like uh, there of course we scream at them call all sorts of things names and everything uh, we are rigid uh, we are you know fighting with them but it's also a learning curve along with it comes a place where i am proud of whatever my masons have done also uh, most of the architects these days uh, stick on to the contemporary way of building with concrete uh, rcc uh, do you think in the future we could have more of the way by building with earth and bringing it more to the masses because it's still a very niche uh, i would say construction right actually what i feel is most of the architects you know uh are generally a, a, they follow they are sheep they are nowhere the shepherd like we are, we we were supposed to be a shepherd you know to lead somewhere you know to be innovative but most of the architects have become more of the sheep you know uh, if a new product comes we all run behind it and stuff like that we are no more the leaders of the pack though we want to call ourselves the leaders of the pack to be a leader you have to be innovative you have to understand the material and and guide your people with it otherwise you are simply some some guy who is like the sheep following the crowd so architects generally will follow the path of earthworks once the material runs out so let the material run out <laughs> right you know it is an in uh, it is um, it is an unavoidable apocalypse that we are going to face very soon 
so when the metal runs out i believe many of them will turn but it's sad that we only turn at the precipice not before it when things can be a much more better handling better transitional so when the metals run out suddenly there are architects who are saying what do we do what do we do how do we build can we build with the waste materials there is shattered debris wall all sorts of debris walls you can make what But about high rise uh, buildings why not i didn't say that we had to avoid concrete at all i right. just asking you to avoid the splurging of concrete you know you don't have to use it everywhere you don't have to splurge it on plastering you can have the natural materials they can look better so i am not saying that you have to discard or disregard steel or concrete use them to your wish but do not uh, do not take it as a luxury it is whatever resources we are having is actually belonging to our future generations you have no authority over it and how is you as a what architect educating people about the way you build so that everyone okay i can maybe construct with earth as well yeah see like i others they saw an aishman quran interview where he actually said that uh, in movies the first thing is the entertainment or the art of it and the message can only come later through it you can give the message not the other way around you can't put a message and then give some entertainment around it similarly our buildings have to be good great only then people will return back to sustain- sustainability you can't build a poor man's house you know like something like a thatched hut and expect a guy holding iphone to live in it you can't expect it you want to make great works of art beauty that is what you are here for so once you make something like that you can inspire more people to turn to sustainability you don't have to say that you know like you have to turn to sustainability because it is our only option or you know like it is a it is a healthier option nobody is going to go i am not going to eat a healthy salad if it if it is just called healthy i am going to eat a healthy salad eat a healthy salad only if it is tasty you know same thing you know architecture or the buildings has to be wonderful that a person should say i want this i want this for my comfort rather than saying i want this to save the earth or anything nobody is going to believe that also uh, let's talk about technology um, is that you do you feel there's a huge divide between what's happening uh, in terms of technology and how the way you practice using that tools or using certain tools which could maybe benefit you or something along those lines yeah we we are in the modern world isn't it every second my entire work happens through whatsapp literally like the masons also nowadays have whatsapp so they will definitely send me a picture of what they are doing or the junior site site architects also will send me a picture saying sir this this is happening and most of the time i work on a screenshot so definitely technology is a major part all of us know rhino all of us are working on whatever you know uh technologies are there and we use a pneumatic rammer for our ram that it is not like we are still hitting with a manual rammer so technology is used and i believe technology is always wonderful i never see technology as something which shouldn't be avoided should be avoided i don't know why some sustainable architects talk like that like technology should be avoided that's stupid you need technology but then the best part of technology is that you have to use it wisely you have to know where you are what you are uh, i can give you a typical example uh, 
ഫോർ എക്സാമ്പിൾ ഐ സോ എ വണ്ടർഫുൾ ആർക്കിടെക്ട് നെരി മേക്കിംഗ് ആൻ അക്വാഹുഗ ലൈക്ക് ഇൻ ദിസ് നെറ്റ്ഫ്ലിക്സ് ആബ്സ്ട്രാക്ട് ഡോക്യുമെൻ്ററി സോ ഷീ ഈസ് മേക്കിംഗ് ആൻ അക്വാഹോഗ ഫോർ സം എം ഐ ടി എൻട്രൻസ് ഹോൾ ഓർ സംതിങ് ആൻഡ് ഇറ്റ്സ് എ വണ്ടർഫുൾ ഐഡിയ സോ ഷീ ഈസ് ആക്ച്വലി മേക്കിംഗ് ഡെറിവേറ്റീവ്സ് ഔട്ട് ഓഫ് മിൽക്ക് പ്രോട്ടീൻസ് പെക്ടിൻ യു നോ ഓറഞ്ച് പീൽ ആൻഡ് ഓൾ ദോസ് തിങ്സ് ഷീ ഈസ് മേക്കിംഗ് ഡെറിവേറ്റീവ്സ് ഔട്ട് ഓഫ് ദീസ് പ്രോട്ടീൻസ് യു നോ ഐ തിങ്ക് ഐ സീയിങ് ഇറ്റ് ഐ ക്യാൻ അണ്ടർസ്റ്റാൻഡ് ഇറ്റ്സ് എൻ എക്സ് എക്സ്പെൻസീവ് ലാബറട്ടറി പ്രോസസ്സ് ഷീ ഈസ് മേക്കിംഗ് ദീസ് ഹ്യൂജ് ഹ്യൂജ് യു നോ ലൈക്ക് വണ്ടർഫുൾ ഓർഗാനിക് മെറ്റീരിയൽ ഔട്ട് ഓഫ് ഇറ്റ് and uh, so i was seeing with my fellow people you know like some of my people were also there and one of them was a student who was not highly educated or anything so she was making it and uh, the reason for her to go for these materials she said is because uh, it is a uh, material which would perish eventually you know right. because it has a life period and slowly it will perish and everything and suddenly one of the guys with me said that ah that is the same as a coconut palm leaf you know what she was making almost look like mm-hmm. a coconut palm leaf thing you know so you know like how we do the thatch roof no it looked like a thatch roof thing so then he said so i was taking this documentary very seriously <laughs> while this kids told me then why can't she use coconut thatch <laughs> that also will perish after some time she doesn't have to go to this laboratory and you know like make all these expensive stuff somewhere it made sense to me maybe i am wrong but it made sense that what he said why not coconut thatch why are we going all the way beating around the bush to find a technology with all expensive this thing while you know you can make it with a thatch so uh, i i i felt enlightened after listening to this guy rather than the documentary so technology is wonderful it's just that we shouldn't lose our common sense with it that it becomes a liability technology is wonderful yeah absolutely and uh, what's your take on architectural education in india do you think that our institutes are equipping our students good enough so that when they join a firm that more, more of an asset than a liability <laughs> to tell you the truth very recent uh, interactions i am generally staying out of architectural education so hmm. i have always said that i yeah. want to stay about out of it about all the way away from students or education as such but recently uh, i my structural engineer he is a teacher so we had an interaction and what he said was something which was very disturbing so he had a chance to change the syllabus you know like all of us architects when we study this structural engineering we generally start with uh, all this bending moment diagrams and yeah. all those statistics and everything after some period of time we just lose it we just start by hurting it so i was recently discussing a structure of mine and they were using something called stad you know it is almost like autocad but you infuse your 3d because my 3d structure was kind of difficult so i was like telling him hashim uh, bro where is the you know where is the this thing study he said anna there is no more study none of us know the study we did in college we just have to enter it into the computer and the computer will give whether this section is weak or not hmm. so I, i was perturbed i was thinking i spent 5 years learning about all these kind of diagrams and moments and he said it will take 2 years to finish your study if it is done the 
way we were taught in the college so i said then why is it being taught in the college so he said he was part of this ng university updating the uh, syllabus, the syllabus. and he was almost on the verge of cancelling out all these things and making them study stad instead of it because the, if there is a computer this thing that is where i up, uphold the concept of technology technology has advanced so much that what antonu gaudi had to draw for 7 to 8 years we can do it in 7 to 8 minutes you know whatever he did it for 7 to 8 years we can yeah. do it in 70 to 80 minutes let's put that much so why are we learning these outdated things when we can do it much more easier why do we carry 10 books to the school if we need to carry only one book why do you punish ourselves saying that this is tradition i do not believe in it i don't i don't i can't justify it i don't support it so these students suddenly get out of structural engineering because it's certainly a boring thing even structural engineers don't go do that then why are we doing it so definitely our curriculum needs updation it's pretty stupid and definitely we need to get more out into the field and we need to tell the parents that this is not a goal generating career yeah we need to tell them your son is going to be a loser for the next 10 years of his life and maybe he, he will get some projects and earn something maybe just for himself or earn for some time and again lose his track <laughs> so if somebody tells that or proclaims it or publish it in the in the so called 30 40 magazines per state that is releasing all over the country if somebody says that you know like don't just push your son or daughter to this thinking that it is a career which earns money i think a lot of them would stop this thing because right now somebody has told given the misinformation that this is a cash cow it is not you got to be a cash cow actually it's almost like pimping yourself and nobody wants to do it kids are forced into this so don't do this do your own work do your own stuff but the parents has to know the society has to know that being yeah. an architect means you are on the terms of being a street musician or something like that it is when somebody says that this is a professional career <laughs> i could i i i don't know which is more wrong you know so in a way it's like a bubble waiting to burst or uh... it has already burst i think just that people don't want to say mistake it's son i put you in the wrong choice career path you know <laughs> people don't want to accept it everybody knows that now isn't it uh, see right now an average architect's only choice is to go and do masters again pay some foreigners yeah, yeah. and come back and then become a teacher instead of practice i mean like i think there is a whole generation of architects who have never practiced teaching another generation of architects <laughs> yeah that's absolutely true yeah. which is uh you know like it's not just an irony it's satire so oh, what's know. your take on uh, doing masters in architecture do you think that's uh, worthwhile for students who further want to pursue architecture it's like i have a written question for such a thing whom would you eat from would you eat from a guy who has been cooking in a kitchen all his life or would you eat from a guy who has learned all the cookbooks in the life hmm. would you whom would you eat a meal from like somebody who has studied all the cookbooks every italian latin you know like french cooking whatever it is he has studied every book but never 
set foot in a kitchen would you have a meal from him or would you have a meal from somebody who has been there in the kitchen all his life obviously the guy who cooked throughout his life and then so i have an another thing in that i wouldn't have from either of them because the guy who is there all his life in a kitchen is a mason actually okay i want somebody who has learned and put his hand in the kitchen to bring me a wonderful meal because that is how the ingredients are you can't just have studies and then expect to be somebody great on field no he will be great on class he can say a lot of theories which he learned from some other theorists which nobody has ever practice on the field and neither do i want somebody who says that i have always been handy at the site and i have worked all my life in the site whether he started with compound walls or anything i don't care for that guy either i want both of them you know i want the guy who has learned who has learned about technologies who has read books and i want the guy who has made sure that he has done brick over brick lime over lime cement over cement at some point of time and i want both of them together because the other guy has no imagination who has been cooking in his kitchen for the last 15 years he has no imagination he simply will make the same dish he has prepared but wonderful dish i am sure but i cannot expect him to go innovative now a good i don't know kadai murgu or whatever it is we just want it to be traditional we don't want it to be too much too many changes in it but building unfortunately the way we have been building is wrong so definitely we want change so we want somebody who is a mix of both today the kids want to be a phd or a masters before the age of 25 that is the problem you know i am still finding a hang of things like i told you whatever experimental we do even today it will go wrong at the site that means i'm still not getting the hang of it after 15 years of practice so i definitely feel that you need many years of practice before you can think that you are ready to take on masters or something a certain time frame where uh, you feel that okay i'm confident now to take up the project i asked a question like that to my teacher who was teaching me music omena kutti teacher she was my guru so there was this uh, this tyagaraja uh, swamigal whose panjaratnas are very uh, very hard right. you know, like only after a certain level you are even allowed to sing those songs so i asked my teacher whether uh, i can uh, you know when can i get into panjaratnas so she said there are guys who have gotten it in 5 months there are guys who have been gotten it <laughs> who have been gotten into it in 5 years so it's based on the person actually okay that person should feel yeah i have done something i know something i know i i am right now lacking i need to see more world i need to hear more theories that is up to he or she all right yeah i think that's a good way to put it and uh, looking forward to the future what uh, what plans do you have for wallmakers and what are your future personal plans as well no i don't know where i sleep today so definitely i am not a guy to plan for future you know but i am already prepared for the apocalypse as i told you okay you know? <laughs> already prepared for it i am already some kind of training on, and all on that? the road <laughs> yeah man i am already on the road without a house without an office okay. i am a homeless officeless guy so and there are many who are following the path i love that part and i am very grateful 
to whatever my clients and the god has bestowed upon me so i am very thankful about it and we are doing right now with plastic bottles and with coconut touch and what not materials which were never in my in my vocabulary are all are all coming in right now so i'm in a happy place at this point of time so i have nothing more to add is there any future projects we need to look forward to all of them are future projects you need to look forward to <laughs> so like which are coming like, up soon and uh, uh, like i said you know we are doing something with plastic bottles we are doing something with this is all over india and uh, yeah, this is all over india that is the that is the good part and the bad part of it so we have to travel a lot okay but but it's it's wonderful right now all right great all right so so generally we have a quick fire round but in our it case it. today we oh. have some students of yours who come to visit you uh, so i'll pass on the mic to them and they could ask you a few questions sure sure this is atik rahman who has been my uh, uh, my um, intern for the last 6 months and right now he has gone back to his office so he has come to meet me so please atik please fire one question sir uh, when is the uh, when do you think is the perfect time to come into wallmakers like is it for internship or is it for working or and also if you can tell tell the duration of work or duration of stay in wallmakers see most of them have not stayed for more than one and a half two years <laughs> because uh, first of all i think it is the financial matters because slowly i have been getting the finances correct for them because they also need some money to sustain but slowly we are getting there uh, the thing is i never intended wallmakers as an office so when you are getting into wallmakers it is difficult like let's say as a person during internship and all it's a small period of time but when somebody practices with me around one and a half one year or something their way of looking at life also changes so you are never out of wallmakers and wallmakers was never something like that i own so even when you are out of wallmakers you are still a wallmaker and you can continue those aspects in your life so there are people like pushkar sharma gayatri maithani and all who are left the firm and who are doing their own works in in their own capacity as a wall maker there is vamshi reddy in hyderabad also who is doing it there is nasif hasan nasif who is doing very well in kerala so everybody's philosophy changes you know so what i would really love you to do is to understand the philosophy more than the techniques many of them come for the techniques actually techniques i can teach you in a week but how to use them how to go forward no you need to have an attitude to actually convince a client that is the one thing which i find a lot of people who are going out of wallmakers is finding it very difficult to convince a client the reason is you have to believe in yourself so to believe in yourself you have to spend a bit more time so it may be one year two year three year four years however it is you have to spend your time and uh, hopefully uh, since we are right now a gateway because there are a lot of sustainable projects coming our way and we are not able to handle all of them so we have been slowly trying to uh, you know uh, redistribute the works to the architects so this is more or less like a campus or a learning place and like how i said before it depends on your your this thing to when you learn you know and when you find a good client that you start and i will be always there to advise you so definitely there is no worry in that region next is harshida who is also been my intern yeah 
Sir, uh, as of someone, as a student who has been in Wallmakers, have worked with you. What do you think we should take back from it? Mm. If somebody has studied here for some time, uh, I think probably the outside world talks about us in a very different manner. Uh, and it's about technology. He has done arches, he has done walls, he has done sustainable materials. He's incorporating art and everything. But more than that, your love for these inordinate materials should be very high. You know, I don't know. In some sense, it's a very objective thing. You know, like uh, you should really fall in love with the materials around you. You should really fall in love with the art around you. That is all I need you to do. And there is nothing more you need to take because you know that we love every part of that aspect, you know, whether it is a weed, whether it is a mud brick, whether it is bamboo, whether it is steel glass, you know, it's not like I differentiate between them. It's just that I cannot afford too much of steel and glass. The world cannot afford it or concrete that much. So we use it minimally, but wherever we use concrete, we love concrete at that particular this thing or when we use steel, we love the steel. We love the scrap. I was hunting for scrap for the last three, four days in some God-forsaken area and I love my products. So definitely what I want you to take back is your ability to love materials around you. Awesome. Matt, would you like to add something? <laughs> As a young architecture student, maybe? Uh, I've been looking up for your works and like I know about you from Hatik. So I'm a little scared to come to you, <laughs> but I want to work with you. <laughs> so I'm in that confusing state. Yeah, but, yeah, that, that, but you have a question? No, no, I just have this confused <laughs> state in my mind. I, I am not. First of all, I'm not the. I'm not in in this thing. Charge of the selection process uh, because. Uh, I'm I'm not at all the guy fit for selecting anybody because for me everybody is good <laughs> you know everybody is great nowadays you know I see everybody's portfolio and I'm enthralled so I'm not the one who is in charge so if you actually you should woo Sagar Kudarkar <laughs> and Srivarsini more than me you know because they are the ones who are in charge of selection but anyway welcome thank you yeah. <laughs> We have a student slightly asking for uh, admission yeah. into the <laughs> In spite of what they told them. <laughs> All right. My last question to you is, uh, yeah. what advice would you give to our the numerous architects, young architects who are coming out into the Be field? patient. You know, don't get uh, pissed off or impatient about what the other architects are seeing, senior architects are saying. So many senior architects nowadays are saying that today's generation is like this, like that, we were like this. What you should understand is we are in this pathetic state because of the senior architects, whatever the world is in. So definitely uh, there is a lot of optimism in you guys in this young generation and looking forward to you know seeing some great stuff from these guys. And they know what, uh, how less materials we have, you know, when you are seeing the, the climate uh, protests by Greta and many people who are so young, we know that they are at least more responsible in the reuse of materials and everything. They wouldn't see, show the same sh shadiness in misusing materials for the short term benefit. So I am very proud of what they are, just that uh, their teachings uh, the people who taught them or, you know, like the teachings have never been telling them, you know, like it's good, it's okay. 
you know take your time and definitely there are idiots among you who are never fit to work in this field so i don't have anything to tell them but for the ones who are really looking forward to work in this you know in this apocalyptic scenario welcome and uh, i am absolutely uh, optimistic that you will change the tide all right great so thanks for coming on to the akyon podcast i personally learned a ton and so did our, all our uh, fans today um hopefully we'll have you in the future as well and we could dwell into more uh, topics and uh, yeah sure thanks again thank you thank you You've been listening to the Ak Young podcast. We're still building the community. Please share this knowledge with someone you know who could benefit. Just send them to akyoung.com where you'll find our free newsletter and for more podcast episodes. Search for the show on any major podcasting platform. Don't forget to subscribe where you're listening right now. And if you liked it, leave a rating or review.